Is it acceptable to go to Mickey D's just for a drink? <laughs> of course it is. But good luck leaving with just a drink. It's more than a drink. It's a Mickey D's drink. And right now, a small Minute Maid slushie is just $1.59. So all you have to do is choose a flavor, like the tropical mango or strawberry watermelon, and enjoy like it's meant to be enjoyed. Prices and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Hello, Discover here to explain our cash back match. Here's how it works. We give you cash back for using your Discover card on the things you were going to buy anyway. Then we match that cash back in your first year. And that's why we call it Cashback Match. Now to recap and say cash back one more time. We match all the cash back you've earned at the end of your first year automatically. Discover. Exceptionally common sense. Learn more at discover.com slash match. Limitations apply. Welcome to Raiders of the Lost Podcast one of the fastest-growing movie podcasts in the world, where we discuss all things film. In this episode, we discuss the first episode of Moon Knight, The Goldfish Problem. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the show. Anthony here. And James here. And so this is going to be the first time that we go episode by episode reviewing the latest MCU show. And this time it's going to be Moon Knight, the new release from Marvel Studios starring Oscar Isaac, Ethan Hawke, and created by Doug Munch. And episode one is called The Goldfish Problem. And we're going into Moonlight completely blind. We know nothing about the character, the comics. All we know is Oscar Isaac and Ethan Hawke are in it, and we're just, that's like basically enough for us to tune in. Yeah, that tends to be every Marvel property, because they've been so successful across the spectrum of their properties that they have all these great untapped resources of stories and characters that the average person like you and I have never heard of, although comic book fans I'm sure have been hotly anticipating this film as fans of the comics. So it's cool to see uh, a new take of an MCU show. I think that Oscar Isaac and Ethan Hawke together is such like so tempting. I, I'm like this is I've been dying to see them share scenes together because Ethan Hawke's been one of my favorite actors for a long time, and Oscar Isaac is one of my favorite newer actors of the last decade or so. He's so fantastic. So to see them sharing scenes together is just like two icons working together is great. And Oscar's the person who recruited Ethan Hawke to be in this show after they bumped into each other at a coffee shop. We all know that sure story, I'm sure. I think it's so far is the strongest first episode from an MCU movie so I mean show so far. I was I think it's got a lot of potential. I think for me, you know, not to be too critical, I would say just like Steven the character itself is maybe a little too pathetic, but it seems like Mark who's inside Steven probably or or, or like it's a reaction to who Mark, if, if Mark's the original person who's in control of this body, Mark is the original identity. If Steven was created out of a response of his actions, I'm not sure yet, but it's clearly the character Steven is the lead of the first episode. Oh, so you're theorizing that it's like Mark is the original owner of the body? Maybe, and, something or like as that. Because I, I, I mean, I don't know anything about the character, so it could be Steven or it could be Mark. That's a good point. Maybe he has split yeah. personality disorder. He was like that his whole entire life, and maybe mm -hmm. Steven's a reaction to the intense things that Mark seems to have been doing because Mark is obviously a lot more confident, a lot more powerful, and sure of himself 
whereas Stephen Grant is hilariously just very pathetic. He like brings roses and chocolates on a first date. There are some things that I think are a little inconsistent. Like he doesn't realize it's two days after Friday and he's got a smartphone. It's like yeah. you didn't see that. It, it says, says it on your sun- screen. It says Sunday, whatever date it is. It's stuff like that. It's yeah. like you just, you just got to let it go because obviously Marvel MCU movies are geared to a younger audience and almost like cartoonish in a way like that. That's why it's always easier to write uh, in the past because you don't have to deal with smartphones because it would work fine if you didn't have a phone. You know what I mean? But that, it's, it's part yeah. of the MCU, the current yeah. era. But I do think it was a, it was a strong start to the show. It's very intriguing. Um, I think the character building was really well done. You have a really strong sense of who Steven is. I actually like how pathetic he is. It's, all, it's almost like it's not something that you typically see from... A hero movie or hero story. Obviously, there's the nerdy, the nerd we've seen plenty of times. The Peter guy, Parker, yeah, Peter Parker. But this, but Steven is well, like. I mean, Tom Holland's Peter Parker was always cool. Yeah, even he's, though he's just, nerdy, but yeah. like, like the original OG yeah. Peter Parker is very dorky. But like this character, Steven, he's so pathetically, like you said, that the only person, the only things and people he socializes with are his goldfish. And a guy who, who what do you call the human people? statues? Human statues so, who can't respond to him. So <laughs> that's how like out of like out of the ordinary and antisocial and strange he is. Like it's hard. It's so hard for him to make friends. So I think that Oscar Isaac, this role must be a dream for him to, to characterize three different personalities and be able to be a superhero at the same time. I'm sure it was so enticing for him. And he's his accent is amazing. It's so it's a really great. He London sounds accent. like he's British because it's it's interesting. It's how, a specific accent. How well English, Scottish, and Irish actors and Australian actors do an American accent so well, but it's kind of harder for American actors yeah. to pull off an accent from Europe or Australia effectively and believably. But I think it's really really good. And so Steve, episode one was directed by Justin Benson, Muhammad Diab, and Aaron Moorhead, co-director trio right there damn and it seems like so obviously steven is going some through some sort of identity has been or has been going yeah. through some sort of identity crisis you know he wakes up in the morning uh, he wakes up in all kinds of places it's like a werewolf sort of yeah like, yeah he's like got he chains himself to his bedpost every night he on that only he knows the combination too versus probably mark doesn't know the combination when he wakes up he's always covered in sand outside of his room he does the tape on the door um we don't know. I don't really know yet. Maybe that's something to do with the sand. He doesn't want to get out of the apartment. But all these little interesting little clues as to I'm sure we'll find answers to of what's going on in his life. And it seems like Steven is trying is fighting with two other personalities, Mark and then another personality who's probably the Egyptian god that I'm guessing is inside that of him. That he keeps seeing. That is powerful. Yeah, that's the god that he gives keeps him seeing. the powers. Yeah. Who Mark seems to have a like a, a homeostasis relationship and lets control gives the powers to Mark, but Mark has to take over. But it seems like it's a unconscious battle for the identity of the body. And it what's interesting about the take for this first episode is we're seeing everything through um, Steven's perspective. Everything happens through his perspective, hence he blacks out when Mark takes over. Uh, that's why he keeps waking up in these predicaments and waking up in places he doesn't remember uh, when Mark goes on his missions doing whatever he's up to. And I, I like that aspect because it makes it feel like, it re- It really reminds me of like a, a werewolf character, of waking up in the middle of a field like, oh, who did I murder? Yeah. And then a couple of times he wakes up covered in blood. So there's a, there's a great, I think my favorite moment of the episode is in, in the Alps in the small town when he's uh, being swarmed by that mob of guys and then he blacks out and then he opens his eyes and then he's covered in blood and everyone's dead on the ground. And kudos to Disney for actually like so, showing blood. They're not showing the violence much, yet. But yeah. Um, but they are showing blood. So I, I was like, okay, that's different for Disney. Good for them for actually like 
trying that out for once. And I think that was the best moment of the, of the episode of that, that sh- the switch of the not showing it his perspective, because we're in his perspective. I think a lot of filmmakers would have been like, they would have shown the transformation. They would have shown Mark taking over and then showing what Mark can do as opposed to we're just seeing everything through Steven's eyes. And especially even like when we see uh, Ethan Hawke's character, Arthur Harrow speaking to his, his like cult, following we're seeing it from within the crowd of mark's pov of, of steven's pov rather than like all the camera work is just on ethan hawk and the in the actor and actress we're looking as as steven's looking at it i think my favorite part of the show so far is the themes and influence of in history of ancient egypt and e- egyptian culture we've always been uh fascinated by egyptian culture and, and we were huge fans kids growing up like doing social studies that was always my favorite subject in school was covering ancient cultures in ancient egypt we had our own canopic jars when we were kids so we were <laughs> yeah. we were huge on egypt lore and stuff like that so i love that steven is passionate about egypt and obviously the the god the gods involved and the powers involved have to do with Egyptian gods, which is really cool and fascinating. And Stephen's just like a lovely man with his London accent. He's a gift shop employee and he just wants to live a simple life, but he's, you know, very quirky and dorky. And he's, like we say, he's just a pathetic in a funny kind of way, guy guy kind of way. He calls his mom, says, later gays on the phone every time. <laughs> it's pretty cute. And he plays it really well. And but there are a couple things that did did stand out to me that they could do better on. I think that the CGI was pretty was pretty noticeable. That's at times. the biggest con to the show is the CGI. Because like, the exactly. first couple shots, I was like, okay, it's it's it is what it is. But then during the major action set pieces, especially that that chase through the windy roads of the hills of the Alps, like everything was CGI, and it it didn't look very good it looked like sci-fi level cgi at times and like when the tree yeah when the trees hit the cars and i was like that's completely animated so i think that a weakness to the show is they're not putting either the money or the time into making the cgi look um realistic and photorealistic yeah if you have a 4k tv especially it's very noticeable so it showed up and we were just like yeah that was cringy kind of cringe it works really well when it's just a supplemental cgi part to a shot like in the background like you see like the little Little the anubis dog uh, during the museum scene isn't that bad and it seems like Moon Knight's suit is completely CGI too, which I'm a little disappointed about. I thought that yeah. we'd get a practical version of the suit, which I, maybe we will during the season. Who knows? Um, but it, I think it, it's just kind of a miss to not make an actual practical suit to have Oscar Isaac wear on set. I didn't realize it until they released the final trailer like a, a week ago, and I, I watched it, and then I pointed out to you right away. I was like, I watched the trailer, and it looks like the suit is going to be entirely CGI throughout the show because there was several different shots and scenes of the suit and it was I could tell immediately it was CGI and animated so but maybe they'll have other shots and setups where it's actual stuntman or Oscar Isaac in an actual practical suit but I'm not sure if it's going to be practical at all in, in terms of what it looks like and I think it's such a I think it's the coolest looking superhero suit that I've seen in maybe ever. I it's think really it's really bad. I think it's really cool. And so to not actually see the fabrics and the textures and, and the layers in reality, that kind of takes me out of it. So it was just one shot so far in this opening. Nice little tease. That, that finale. So, and that was clearly CGI, but it looks pretty good. But if 
there's going to be scenes where we're looking at the suit for long periods of time. I think if it's CGI, it might not hold up well. Or maybe that's what they're focusing most of their CGI budget on is the suit versus yeah. the other CGI action sequence Possible, parts yeah. like that, which is cool. But like even I saw videos of the red carpet premiere of Moon Knight and this little like eight year old had like the dopest Moon Knight sick. suit. Yeah. And like Oscar Isaac went over and said hi to him and gave him a hug. I'm sure we all saw it. But his suit was badass. So like yeah. I, I feel like they have to like at least make a couple shots with, I hope a, so. with a practical suit. That would be really cool because you're right. It is one of the coolest suits we've seen in a superhero movie or TV show ever. It's really cool design. I certainly hope so. We'll and, see. And it, looks, it seems like there'll be different versions of the suit with um, different characters taking over because obviously there's different posters. He's got like the his, vest. his ancient Egyptian like mummified monster suit, but then there's also like the the modern styled suit of all white that he wears yeah, too. Modern so. cut, the three so piece. I'm really yeah. curious about the show and what like obviously these little things that they're teasing that we'll learn more about even the goldfish stuff i'm sure we'll learn more about what's going on with the goldfish who grew a fin mm-hmm. and like now it's got two fins oh no i think it's mark replaced the goldfish with i think his oh, yeah, goldfish okay. died then mark mark replaced mark it got so that one. steven wouldn't notice okay you're right yeah. thanks thanks for cleaning that up it's real hard quick. to follow i know i got you back there's, there, it's all over the place he's yeah. waking up <laughs> he's waking up on the bus which is funny he's like ah <laughs> Everyone's Oscar Isaac's a great actor. Yeah, I mean, he, he, seems, he carries it. Seems like he's having a blast doing yeah. it. And so I, I'm pretty excited to see more of the show. Again, I think it's the f- best first episode we've had for an MCU show so far. And we'll do another review next week as soon as episode two drops. So we'll, hopefully we see more, more Mark and more Moon Knight. All right. Take, Very curious. Yeah, me too. All right. Take care, everybody. Goodbye. Raiders of the Lost podcast is a mirror image production. Sound mixing done by Jacob Kosler. Opening music by Chase Jackson. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino online. I was only playing for fun, so winning was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's favorite free online social casino. You, too, could have the chance to win life-changing cash prizes. Absolutely anybody could be like Mary. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumboCasino.com and play for free now. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of the winner. 